he makes me laugh uh, uh, at myself and at him. Oftentimes, we work you know, as we're working throughout the week. But he's a great man, and he's doing he's done so much here at Lake Haven Church. And I appreciate you appreciate uh, not just what you're doing, but I'm excited about what's going to be taking place as a result of you allowing the Lord to work through you in your obedience thus far. Amen. So it's all yours, man. As, as, as Keith says, pop the clutch. Good morning. God has got desires for you. He's got desires for me. He's got desires for each one. You've got desires for your kids. You've got desires for your family, correct? And they're all good. Well, God's desire for us is to be close to Him. Because in closeness, in this relationship with Him, this is where we find true fulfillment. I just want to get my notes starting here. There we go. So, today we're going to do things different. Well, we started out doing things way different, and uh, we're kicking a few sacred cows up the door, out the door, if you're okay with that. We're making room for him. We're getting way of tra- out, we're getting tradition out of the way. Are you okay with that this morning? Because we're seeking him. Because his greatest desire is for us. Yeah, God has a desire, and His desire is for you and for me. That is His great, great desire. We can read about it in John 4 when, can you remember, there's a lady that comes, or Jesus goes to this lady, He meets her, she's a Samaritan woman. He meets her on the way, and when He sits down and talks to her, they've got a conversation about many things, but... Then she asks him a question. She says to him, you know what? After he's revealed some stuff to her, she says, you know, our fathers, in John 4 verse 20, she says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that we, and Jerusalem is the place where we should, should worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem Worship the Father. Place is not important. Where we do it, where we go is not important. But what is important? Jesus continues. He says, "Oh, you were, um, verse, let's skip down to 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Say, true worshippers. In spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking those to worship Him. The Father is seeking. Today He is seeking for us to connect with Him. Sometimes we think God doesn't have any need. He is all sufficient, and He is, but His heart's desire is for you and me, and it's to get into that place of true worship, 
You know, he's not interested in our protocols. He's not interested in, in our religious setups. Maybe you came in here and you're all upset now because we, we, we changed things around. Well, that's good. You know what? what some of the things that people have said to me, you know, I've, I've had many conversations with people. And, and uh, what, do we, what do we call this, uh, this room? It's a, it's a auditorium. It's an auditorium. This is not a sanctuary. Sorry, sorry to kick your religious uh, uh, cow. This is not a sanctuary. There's nothing sanctuous about this building. This is an auditorium. This over here, what is this, Anne? A stage. <laughs> this is not an altar. Luckily, somebody might get slaughtered here if it was. Where's the temple? Where's the true sanctuary? You are the sanctuary of God. The sanctuaries comes to the auditorium to worship together. That's what we do. We're here to come to worship Him and in spirit and truth, to connect with our Father. That is why we come here. And, and today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you maybe to take the next step. Maybe to say, Lord, I want to get real with you. I want to step out and really worship you in spirit and truth. You know, uh, Jesus spoke to some religious leaders, and we, uh, as he did many times, and, and they didn't like it when he upset their traditions. Matthew 15, verse 6 says, when he was talking to them, and he, was, he said to them, You have made the commandment or the word of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy? You see, it's Isaiah, not Isaiah, uh, saying... <laughs> These people draw near me to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. We can do all the outward things. We can come in here and, you know what, we can look at the person next to you, and, and that's so many times what happens. We think, of, what is this person thinking of me? I want you to forget about that person. Forget about who's next to you or, or, or what your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad thinks or whoever is there next to you. Maybe your boss is here. You know what? Let's get into that place where we say, Lord, I want to connect with you. And that is the challenge and the invitation for today. We are going to still worship and there will be a time to do that. You know, when... Uh, David, King David was anointed as king. His, God sent Samuel the prophet to Jesse's house. That's David's father. And when he got there, he looked at all the boys. Now, David wasn't there at the moment. It was just the big boys. He was the youngest. He was out in the field. He had to take care of the sheep. And when the prophet Samuel looked at these boys and he looked and he saw the one guy and he, the young man and he said to him, this guy really looks like the next king. Strong guy, tall, dark, handsome. He surely is the king. But he wasn't. 
1 Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Today God is not looking at you from the outward side. Yesterday Dr. Chuck said, you know, he just mentioned how people's teeth give people impressions. You know, somebody who misses some teeth, we think they're uneducated, we think there's... You know, they're homeless. There's something wrong with them. We judge looking at people from the outward. God doesn't look at that. God looks at the heart. He looks to today. Today, He doesn't care and He doesn't look at you and He sees what the person next to you sees. Just, just turn to the person next to you. Say, God doesn't look at the outward. And you tell him, God looks at my heart. He looks at your heart. And you know what? He's interested in your heart. And I want you to connect with him. With your heart. So he wants us to worship in spirit and in truth. My challenge, will you be raw in front of God today? Will you drop the pretense? You know, we come in with so many pretense in life, wherever we go. Today, I want to challenge you to be raw in front of Him, to be real. So, what is worship? Is worship the pre-program that we do here on a Sunday? You know, the the pre-show, we've got the main event, which is the sermon, and then we've got the pre-show, which is the singing. That's not what worship is. Worship is not a spectator event. It's not where we've got a team up here of musicians and they, they don't perform it for you. This is not a performance. I've heard people say, yeah, I don't like that one. I like this one better. Well, you're not here to judge anyone. This is, they're not here to perform for you. They're here to lead you into worship. And it's for you to connect your heart, not to look at them, not to look at the outward appearance, but to connect with God and to be raw in front of him, to get real to you, not to look at the person next to you. That's why we sometimes just dim the light so people can, you know, forget about that, forget about what's going on around you, right? So what is worship? In the original languages, uh, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, there's different words used, but it all means to, to kneel before God, to be intimate, to worship, to, to adore Him. Some of the references even talks about kissing and, and or, or a dog licking its owner's hand. Now, if you're a dog person, you would know how a dog doesn't care who says what. He will come to his owner and he'll just lick his hand. Now, we don't want to see people's dogs here licking and you know but but we can come to God and we can have that intimacy that true intimacy with him yes. it's beyond just singing songs and and worship is not just coming in here into an auditorium where we all come together and worshiping through song 
It's much more. It is, it's what even takes place in your heart it, at, at home. It's, it's, it's when you drive in the car. It's wherever you are taking that time to really connect with God. Yes, yes there's a place where we do corporate worship. And it's, it's amazing when we do that and when we together. Because as it says uh, in uh, John 7, Jesus, when he refers to the, the streams of water that will flow out of us. I just believe, you know, he says there's many streams that flow out. So when we're together, we all got streams flowing out of us. And we are affecting one another. The Holy Spirit flows from without us, touching each other. That's why you sometimes sense there's sometimes such a strong presence. But you bring the presence. God doesn't dwell in these walls. He dwells in you. And when you are here... You have the aroma of God. You have the aroma that flows without you when you connect with Him. And other people can sense that. Will you be raw in front of Him? Will you decide to worship in spirit and in truth? To forget who's next to you and what they think. The Jewish Shema says, You shall love the Lord with all your um, the, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's what God wants. He wants everything. Yes. He wants your heart. He wants your mind. Will you give that to him? Will you lay down all these things that we sometimes make as important? I know, you know, sometimes we get in here and uh, you, on your way you've fought with the children and... Uh, you spoke to your mother-in-law and, <laughs> and all these things. Maybe you, you're not in the a place of focus, but I want to challenge you when you come in here. Focus on him yes. and give him your heart and everything yes. that you do. Because you know what? When we get close to God, when we get to a place of authentic worship, yes. it doesn't just change. It doesn't change God. It changes us. Right. There's... Advantages for you and for me to worship. Moses, he, when he got the Ten, Command, Ten Commandments, when, when God gave that, that, that to him, he said to God to show him his glory. We, we can read about that. Exodus 33, it says, And Moses said to God, Please show me your glory. Now that can sound scary, right? But what did God say? He says, I will make my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. When you want to see God's glory, when you want to see God, it's God's love. It's God's goodness because we see then what happened after God showed it to him. In the next chapter we can read, it says, And he went, when Moses went there, he says, So Moses made haste and bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped. His response, his response to God's goodness was to worship. So if you're struggling with authenticity in your worship... Maybe it's time to really, Pastor T, to recall. Yeah. 
to recall the goodness of God in your life. To know who he really is. You know, I was, uh, it was 1995. I was at Bible school in my first year and I had such a passion for God. I didn't know anything, but I just knew I loved him. And I, I believed I needed a good dose of the fear of God that will help me grow in my relationship with him. And a friend and, um, a friend and I one day set time apart. We said, we're going to spend time in worship and we're going to ask God to, to, to show us his fear, his holiness. Because that will help us grow in our relationship with God when we truly connect to the fear of God in our life. We had time of worship, we had time of prayer. And you know what? We had an amazing time. We had an encounter with God. But it wasn't with fear. God showed me that day His goodness and His mercy. He revealed that in a way that I cannot describe to you. It was a true encounter with God. I have, these three encounters that I had that are, literally marks my life. The first one when I was 13. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It's a pivotal moment in my life. The second was when I was 21 when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It completely transformed me. But that day, when we worshipped Him and, and He literally, we encountered His, His goodness and His, His love for us, it was, a, it was a transforming moment in my life. And what did that do? That just drew me closer to Him. I asked for Him to show me His holiness. He showed me His goodness. And I've come to realize that His goodness is His holiness. His goodness is His holiness. His love for us. You know, what is holiness? What does it mean? Holiness means to be set apart. It means to be different. What makes God different? What sets God apart from everything else and, and anyone else? Is God is love. His unconditional love is what sets him apart, that makes him completely different from anyone. That is God's holiness, his love. So if you want to see God's holiness, you've got to encounter his love. And you know what? That will never, you will never, ever be the same again. Our worship is a response to his goodness yes. and to his character. 1 John 4 verse 10, for this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. 1 John 4 19, we love because he first loved us. You cannot love God. You cannot worship Him in spirit and truth just because you're going to try to do that. You've got to encounter His love for you. If you know how much He loves you, it will be automatic. If you're struggling to worship Him, I want to tell you, encounter His love. Ask God to show you His love. 
and you will never be the same. It'll take you to a place where you can say, Lord, I love you because you loved me first. Famous scripture, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But I love the next verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God is not in condemning, in the condemning business. And you know what? You might have come in here and, you know, he knows your thoughts. He knows what, what happened in the car on your way here. He knows what happened last night. And he's not condemning you. He's already paid the price for everything that you, everything that you did wrong. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, who knew no sin, took your sin. He became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God. I don't care what happened. You are still the righteousness of God. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He's cleansed you from everything. And you know what can happen now? Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You don't have to fear Him. You can come to the throne of God with boldness, with absolute confidence. You can walk right in, even if you've messed up. You can walk right in. And you can be raw in front of him. He will not reject you. He's already paid the price. Jesus became sin. He was rejected so that you don't have to be rejected. There's acceptance for you. What's your response? Yeah. Do you feel like worshiping him? We're all children of God. He's made us children. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Yeah. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen. The Spirit in you draws you to your Father. Will you yield to Him today? Amen. Will you yield and connect with Him? Will you put aside all the things in your mind, all the business things, all the things from work, all the things with, in your family happening, whatever you have, what you're going through, will you put that aside because the Spirit of God is drawing you close to your Father. And the solution for every problem is at the throne room of God. I know you think you can sort it all out. Or maybe you feel that's your responsibility to sort it out. The answer is at the throne room of God. There's help 
and there's mercy for you. There's mercy and there's help, a grace to, to help for you at the throne room of, of God. Amen. There's a woman. Oh, let me start this. There was a, a meeting where Jesus was invited to. It was a bunch of religious leaders from the time. They invited Jesus to his house. And while they were there, a woman. Now, if you understand culture from that day, she wasn't supposed to be there. Because first of all, she's a woman. But secondly, she was a sinful woman, the Bible tells us. So with all these religious leaders, these important people who, who actually thought they were important. And they had special robes. Here comes this sinful woman, and she comes to Jesus, and you know what she does? She washes his feet with her tears, and she dries his feet with her hair, and then she takes oil, fragrant oil, very expensive fragrant oil, and she anoints his feet, and she kisses his feet. The religious leaders were not... <laughs> extremely happy about this whole occasion because they were feeling important and suddenly they had this sinful woman there. But what does Jesus say? Luke 4, 44. Then Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, now that's this Pharisee, that's not Simon uh, the disciple. You see this woman, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them uh, with her hair uh, of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since, she, uh, since I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Do you know what you were forgiven for? Do you know what he's done for you? Because then you can be like this woman. Because you know what? Nothing good that we did can do anything, can impress God. Our good works does nothing. He just wants us raw in front of him. Because then we can worship him. And you know what that woman? Yes, Jesus had this fragrant oil all over him. But that woman left with the fragrance of Jesus. Will you today get close to him and anoint him with oil? So that you can leave with the fragrance of Jesus. That will transform you. Do you see? God's desire for you and me is good. His desire for us to come and worship Him is not about Him being egocentric. God doesn't feel, well, I don't have enough people to make me feel good. No, we don't worship because he doesn't feel good about himself. We worship him because we 
get transformed. Because in that moment, we get transformed by the power of the Spirit. We're going to go into worship just now. I want to close with this. Let me just mention this before I close with the scripture. In Revelation, we read about Jesus appearing to John and giving letters, having him writing letters to the different churches. One of the churches he writes to is the church of the Laodiceans. And in that, he says to them, I wish you were either cold or hot, but you lukewarm. And he says to them, I wish you were cold or hot. I believe he actually wanted us to be, or wants the church to be hot, not cold. Though. But today, will you take this invitation and say, Lord, I want to be hot for you. Because you know how revival starts? <clears throat> revival is not something that happens from the outside. It starts here in my heart. Where well, I connect with him, that's when true revival starts. If you want revival, you want to be on fire for God. It starts by yielding to him in a real way. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Very well-known scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. But let's continue, verse 12. Then, if you know this, you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Today, our Father is seeking worshipers to worship him in spirit and truth. If we yield to that and we come to a place of true worship he we will meet with him and we will experience the biggest transformation in our lives when you get close to God that's that's when all your needs are met in that moment one-on-one -on -one with him it's time for us to put everything aside and just come back to a heart of true worship. Are you willing to do that? Are you saying, yes, Lord. I'm going to draw a line in the sand here. I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm going to step over it. I'm going to draw this line and I'm jumping over this line. Because I want to be a worship and spirit and a truth. I want to get close to you.
Everybody in here, just close your eyes, bow your head, forget about the person next to you, don't look around, just you and Jesus, you and your Father God, you and the Holy Spirit, and the challenges out there for you, will you take that step, say yes Lord. I'm going to be on fire for you. I'm going to get close to you. I'm going to not just have this distant relationship. I want to be close to you. And I'm taking that step now. And if that's you, I want you to stand with us. If you're taking that step to worship with us, please stand. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you,
sit down. Now. 